Super Talk Mississippi media production. This is Thunder and Lightning here on Super Talk Mississippi. Brian Haydad and J- Robbie Falk. Ho, ho, ho. I think we're going to retire the woo. Yeah, I, I'm not even going to attempt to replace that. No, there's no that. point in that. We'll, we'll, we'll move on from that. Robbie, thanks for joining me. I appreciate you coming on board. Looking forward to a lot of good times. And, and much like when the Midnight Express replaced Loverboy Dennis Condry with Sweet Stan Lane, much like when the Four Horsemen brought in Barry Windham, those factions reached even greater heights, Daddy. So I feel like bringing you in, we're going to take this even bigger and better than before, if you will. Let's just hope we don't have a Paul Roma situation. No, I don't board. think... We don't, we don't need that to happen. You're more of a pillman, to be honest. More of the, lo- the I, I loose cannon. I can take cannon. that. I am a loose cannon. The loose cannon. We want to thank our, everybody for tuning in at supertalk.fm or wherever it is you get podcasts from. We appreciate all of our great listeners, especially our servicemen and women out there taking care of us. We want to thank our sponsors over at Strange Brew Coffee House and Churn and Spoon Ice Cream. I'm sure that even though he's gone, Joel will continue to frequent Strange Brew Coffee House. Uh, and Ro- are, you, are you a coffee drinker? I am not, but okay. I'm, a, I'm a Strange Brew fan. Okay. I consider Shane part of the Winston County family. Absolutely. That's a Woody's, mafia. Really. Woody's is oh, a yeah. Noxipator. Yeah. So if you're in the Winston County family, yeah. you're in my family. Robbie, Shane, Andy Kennedy, Chuck Dunlap, all those guys. There's some great ones out there. Yeah. What was that? Who was that quarterback that played? He, played, he went to Ole Miss and then he went to Jackson State. What was his name? Clayton Moore. Yes. A good buddy of mine. But we grew up around the same time. All those guys. That's right. Part of that Winston County mafia. Well, here in Starkville, we know Strange Brew has been taking care of us for a long, long time. Make sure you're hitting them up this weekend when you're here for postseason baseball and next weekend as well. We'll just go ahead and make that prediction uh, as we're sitting here. Uh, College Corner, I'll be running a, a giveaway this week. We've got a $50 uh, gift card to College Corner that you're going to be able to win. I haven't decided quite what we're going to do uh, as far as the, 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 the contest itself, but I'll let you know on tomorrow's podcast. Uh, and, of course, Father's Day, guys, You know it's just coming around the corner. Rob, this is what? Is this your second Father's Day? This will be my the second. Second, so second yeah. or third? I, you got I'm to take advantage. You got to enjoy them because we only get so many days of the year for being a dad. This That's is right. one of them. Yeah, I never get I never get anything like that. No. Last year I got a grill, and that was one of the best presents my there wife ever gave to me. So, but I, I'm going to have to get her to. Uh, to, to venture out a little more this year. That, that sounds like a good idea. And if you're looking for some new maroon and white merchandise, College Corner is the place to go. Two locations to serve you in the Jackson area. They're in Ridgeland by Fleet Feet. They're in Flowood by the Half Shell. Or you can always shop online at collegecornerstore.com. I know Robbie is a fan of Humble Humble Taco, just like I am. One of Starkville's best new restaurants. Mexican fare with Mississippi roots. Your favorite Southern classics turned into Mexican classics. It is something to see. A unique menu unlike you'll find anywhere else. And something for everybody. Vegans, keto, gluten-free, whatever it is. And if you're just looking to have a good time, man, the patio is always hopping. Margaritas on tap. Great local beers. Check them out over there on University Drive at Humble Taco. Robbie, I don't know what your Twitter mentions have been like this weekend. Mine have been a lot of anger, a lot of angst, a lot of worry, but I feel as we sit here recording, and it's, it's relatively early on Sunday, 11.30 as we started up here, I feel like Mississippi State has done enough, and I feel like the, the, the results around them have worked out enough that Mississippi State should be good to get that number eight national seed. Well, I thought the Twitter angst was going to be about Joel leaving and me doing the show. I didn't know you were going into that direction. Oh, no, no, no. There hasn't been a lot of angst on that. People people are excited for the most they're part. Cautiously, they're cautiously optimistic. Yeah. Um, it's It's been... It's, well, they're state fans. That's right. You have to be. That's, what they, that's all they know. So, you know, there were a few people after the Tennessee game uh, from Mississippi State when they bowed out of the SEC tournament. There were a few people that 
were very optimistic about Mississippi State continuing to be a top eight national seed. I was not one of those. Mm-hmm. Um, there was just too much that could have happened over the course of three or four days that would have been bad for Mississippi State. I think they've weathered the storm, Brian. I, I'm not you know, 100% positive, but because you can't be on, on certain situations when it comes down to these selections because it is a committee and it is there is a human element. And there isn't a you know 100% criteria that they use that you feel like you know you could look at a number and say yeah, absolutely you know so and so is going to be a national seed or so and so is going to make the tournament. There's so much gray area in there that you don't know for a fact until that comes out. What we do know for a fact that we we feel like you can take to the bank is Mississippi State's going to host um, this week. Right, they're going to be hosting in the first. Uh, regional round of the NCAA tournament. What we don't know is whether or not they'll be able to host a super regional, and that's why there has been that angst and, and a little bit of worry from Mississippi State fans over the course of the last few days. But I think the loss for Stanford yesterday, I th- I think that probably locked Mississippi State in. Yeah. In, in in my mind, as a top eight national seed, you know they've been on the verge. TCU's probably going to get the seven. They they might have jumped. Yeah, Mississippi State, but I feel pretty good about Mississippi State's chances of being that eight. I think the biggest thing that affected Mississippi State was Texas Tech yes. dropping some games this week, and now they're down. If you look at D1, they're all the way down to 12. Yep. Let's have a look at these projections. We'll start with D1 baseball. Uh, Mississippi State as the eight seed. That is from yesterday. They, they moved up a spot. They were the nine yesterday. The Starkville Regional is Mississippi State, Florida State, South Alabama, and Southern University. That's a really good scenario for Mississippi State because against Southern, you know for a fact you don't have to pitch McLeod. You can pitch whoever you really want there, and you know that from a you, you may give up some runs, but you're going to score runs on Southern, who I believe you correct me if I'm wrong. They may have set a record for the lowest RPI team to ever make the NCAA tournament, and they're they're in the 200s. I know that for a fact. Yeah, there was no chance they were. I mean, you you thought Jackson State was going to win that conference yes. tournament because they didn't lose and, a and game. I, I would have thought that even against Jackson State, State would not start McLeod. Right. So and, and you know, there's there's always there's always that worry that you're gonna that you know you might lose that ball game or whatever. But that's kind of why you why you do it. If you do screw up, you do still have your arms. Mm-hmm. The State has gone the opposite way before and mm-hmm. pitched their best arm. Yeah. In that first game and lost that first game. Yes. And in some cases won that first game, and then they didn't have the arms going throughout the regional. But the hope there is, like you said, you're you're going you're going to give up some runs possibly, but you're going to score some runs too. Yeah. And I, I think State played Southern in 2019, yes. and J, they pitched JT Ginn. Who came out early in that game. Came out in the third or fourth inning. Mm-hmm. Brandon Smith came in, and he struggled. State was in trouble. Mm-hmm. And uh, you kind of worried about what State was going to do beyond that, but they were able to weather that storm. Mm-hmm. And that was well, a much better better Southern team. Right. Well. And, we'll, and I'm sure we'll talk about it a little bit later, but I'm still not confident in a third guy. I mean, I'm no. not – I don't feel great about their top two, but you feel like more often than not you're going to get a good performance from Christian McLeod and Will Bednar. But you just need to win that first game and set yourself up to pitch your two get best guys after that. And then, you know, if you lose one of those ball games, you have uh, – you just figure it out. Right. Exactly. Uh, State is paired with the Stanford Regional – 
uh, Stanford, UC Irvine, Nevada, and Army uh, headed out west to, to play the Cardinal. And of course, if that were if the the seeding were to hold, you would have a a rematch of the 2019 Super Regional that was played here uh, in Starkville. Just looking around to some other things of note. Obviously, Arkansas remains the one seed in the D1 baseball. Tennessee is up to the two seed nationally. Great job by the Vols. This run in the SEC tournament has done them well. Uh, Vandy's the four seed. Uh, let's see here. The 10 seed is Oxford. That is the Ole Miss Regional. That is where they are sending Southern Miss, who, God bless them, had had it. They, the Hattiesburg Regional was locked in, and Southern found a way to give it away. Blew an 8 nothing lead in Game 1 on Saturday. Blew a 5-2 lead in the ninth that saw them pitching their shortstop uh, in the final inning. And they dropped 2 to Louisiana Tech when all they needed was 1. Uh, and now the Hattiesburg Regional, that's not going to happen. But... Boy, Southern going up to Oxford, that's dangerous for Ole Miss. Dangerous. Yeah, because they have – I didn't want to see Southern here. They have two great front-line starters, mm-hmm. and they're okay offensively, mm-hmm. but the the thing is they can really pitch. Right. I, I don't know what – I don't know if they just ran out of, out of arms um, last night, mm-hmm. but I, I don't I don't know what the thinking was there. I mean – I would he, think with one out to get, I'm bringing in Walker Powell or Hunter Stanley. Yeah, we talked about that. Just, just get them. You need eight pitches probably yeah. to get that final out. Yeah. This guy literally threw nothing but a fastball. Yeah. He threw probably 35 pitches. Yeah, he was throwing 94 95. I'll give him credit, but he didn't but have anything. You're going to pick the third yeah. at bat, you're going to pick up on that fastball. Right. And they, I, don't I, I don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't know their situation, but it was crazy. The Oxford Regional uh, is Ole Miss, uh, Southern Miss, North Carolina. That's a tough one. And Presbyterian. That would probably put Ole Miss in a good situation to not have to pitch Nikhazy uh, in game one. It could save him for. But I mean, you're talking about, can we get Nikhazy versus Walker Powell? That yeah. is a tremendous. Day two matchup. Uh, elsewhere in the SEC, let me see here. Uh, there is the Gainesville Regional. Florida is the 14 national seed. Florida is a team I thought maybe could have jumped up a little bit to into that national seed discussion had they won yesterday. If they ended up beating Arkansas and winning the SEC tournament, they might have had a case to be made. But as it is, that's not going to be the case. LSU is in. They're at the uh, the Ruston Regional. They're headed to play Louisiana Tech. So Louisiana Tech gets to host a regional where they won't really be the home team. There will be a ton of LSU fans there. Uh, Alabama and Georgia are in the first five out. Uh, just any any thoughts there? Georgia and Al- I thought Alabama did enough this week to get in, but I guess not according to D one. I would have given I would have given Alabama the edge over LSU to be honest with you. LSU is getting the sentimental edge here. Yeah, and and also. LSU did win that series. That's true. Um, and Alabama, they lost that series, and they got swept by Mississippi State. I mean, they, they played hard in the SEC tournament, but it was kind of too little too late. And I think they're going to get left out. Georgia doesn't need to be in. Um, LSU is really the only thing that you can really kind of argue there. Yeah. And I, I guess they did enough. I mean, they got that big series win over Ole Miss. But Florida, that is a dangerous They're playing really seed. well right now. I mean, I, I would consider a possible upset – Mm-hmm. If it's Florida and Texas in that super regional, yeah, I really like Florida. Florida's th- preseason number one. Yeah, and, and I think they're starting to figure it out. I mean, I, I know they lost yesterday to Tennessee, but that was the only loss in the SEC tournament, and they were they were really good, playing really well. Yeah, so I, you know, I, I think that everything else looks okay. Um, you know, outside the SEC, Arizona, uh, are we just giving them this seed because they were the Pac-12 champions, and that's yeah. it? Basically. Because they almost lost a series to Dixie State this week, mm-hmm. which would have dropped them past the top 10 RPI and I think towards 15 or so. Um, so I, I guess we're just saying that we have to make the Pac-12 
Not only that, Conference Robbie, champion right here. But the Arizona Regional, the Tucson Regional for D1 is Arizona, Maryland, UC Santa Barbara, and Grand Canyon. I mean, stinker. That is that's a more that's an easier regional, I think, than Fayetteville. Fayetteville has Arizona State and Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh was in the hosting discussion two, three weeks ago. Uh, Knoxville has Charlotte, who was in the hosting discussion. VCU has won some games this year. I mean, it's just it's just insane how how easy that regional is. I don't uh, think the Pac-12 is very good. No, I don't either. I mean, I don't Stanford. The, we we saw I think so Stanford much, might be the best team in the Pac-12. That they could be, but we saw so much hype about them this week and mm-hmm. just talking about how great their resume was. And uh, I mean, it's not that great. How many top fifteen, top twenty-five teams did did any of those teams play? None, other than each other, really. I mean, uh, you know, I, I think. I think Ole Miss's resume, in some regards, is better than a lot of these Pac-12 teams. I agree. Ole Miss beat three top ten teams in Texas. Yeah, they have five wins against the top two teams in the country. Mm-hmm. Um, they just have bad losses. Yeah, and that's the only thing that's been holding them back. I agree. Uh, so you know, some of these Pac-12 teams, I'm just like, yeah. Florida also uh, in their regional has Fairfield, which is a, such an interesting team to me. Yeah. Yesterday's D, I think it was either yesterday's D1. I think it was D1. Had Fairfield come into Starkville, and I thought, man, that would be something. That that's where I'm. I'm interested to see where they go. Yeah, uh, because are you are you going to pair them up for uh, geographic reasons or what? And also, wouldn't be in know, this case. Obviously. Yeah, they're they're a three seed, so mm-hmm. that surprises me a little bit because you know sometimes you know, these smaller leagues, mm-hmm. just like Jackson State, I mm-hmm. mean, automatic four. Yeah, like and Jackson State didn't. They're not getting a bid. You have um, to reward them a little bit though for being the number two RPI team. I don't know how yeah, they, how they got do. there, but you do. You All right, do. let's let's switch over to Baseball America and look at those projections real quick. Again, MSU is the eight seed here. Uh, Georgia Tech, Oregon State, and Southern. Southern is coming to Starkville. This is pretty obvious at this point. Yeah. Georgia Tech, uh, Mississippi State have had some postseason history against each other. State uh, uh, has played. Uh, Georgia Tech came here in '97, back in the old sixteen uh, format. State won the Atlanta Regional in 2012. Was it 11? Yeah. I guess the Nick Vickerson year where they went down to Florida. uh, Southern Miss was in that regional, too. That's right. Yeah, I was... was, Actually, I think, didn't State play Southern for the championship? Georgia Tech got knocked out, like, in two games. Uh, That might... No, that... Did they play Southern? I I, I thought they did. They played Austin P. Yeah, and that they played Southern. I want to say they played Southern first. Yeah, that state was the it was the two state three. was the state was the three, and, and Southern Southern was pitching their ace in that, and I think State did really well. I just remember Evan Mitchell and Nick Rout yeah. had the games of their lives yeah. in that regional yeah. and State. I think there was more State fans than Georgia Tech fans. Oh, I, I can weekend. believe that. So that's the Starkville regional again, paired with Stanford, UC Irvine, Nevada, North Dakota State, the Bison. Heading out west uh, for that one. So the sort of the basically the same situations here. Looking again around the SEC, Fayetteville, Baseball America still has Nashville as the two, uh, Knoxville as the three. Uh, looking around here, uh, the Oxford Regional they are the 11 seed, and it's basically the same four teams. It's just a different four seed. Mississippi, pull a little Jackie Sherrill there. Southern Mississippi, North Carolina, and Bryant. Again, that seems like a situation where. Um, Ole Miss could not could skip Nikhazy and not have to throw him in game one. Uh, the Columbia South Carolina regional is that is that a thing over here as well? It is not. Is uh, it, they're they're hosting, but on baseball they are Old not, Dominion is the yeah Old Dominion seat. sort of messed up not putting in a bid. Yeah, they would be hosting right now. How, yeah, how how pissed would you be if you if you were a one seed? I mean, this is setting up like Mississippi State going to to Portland to mm-hmm. play Oregon as the one seed. Yeah, in women's basketball. That's why. It, I, 
I mean, I, that, that I think that's just egregious, and I, I understand the I understand that and how it works and all that, but I don't think that you should reward someone being a two seed and allowing them to play on their home field. Do you, you like know, I, Do you like what D one projects better? They sent Old Dominion as a one to Spokane, so at yes. least at least someone not, that's not someone that's not going to be in the regional. Right. Well, no, no. Gonzaga is in the. Region. Oh, are they? Yes. I, I don't like but, it. I mean, I get what you're saying, but like, how many Gonzaga fans are we talking about here? That's versus, true. But it's versus your whole, six or seven thousand South Carolina fans. It's not that. It's not just that. It's the. It's knowing the elements of the yeah. stadium, knowing what plays. You know, you, no, you're, you, no, you're not wrong. You might know that you have a short porch in right field, and you know you, that you can just wear it out. Yeah. Um. It, there's a lot to be said about the comfortability of your own field. You're right. And. You know, even teams that play really well in Hoover, they just know that place. Yeah. I so, just, I don't think you should be rewarded. Yeah. If you drop down to a two seed and I mean, someone else has to go as a one seed, I don't I, disagree with you for sure. But that's sort of Old Dominion's fault for not putting in it a, is. a bid here. It is. But anyway, that's the Columbia Regional. South Carolina's the two there. Gainesville is also the 14th, so that could set up a Tennessee-Florida Super Regional. Uh, Central Florida is the four seed. They won the A uh, A C. They beat East Carolina yesterday. Uh, and then LSU again in the Ruston Regional. The, the Ruston Regional sort of looks like the D1 Regional for state. It's Florida State and South Alabama. It's just that LSU is the three seed there. You can't have those conference matchups, obviously, uh, in there. Is there it's D1 or, or, or uh, Baseball America? If you got to pick for Mississippi State, which one would you rather have? I think that the I like the I like the Baseball America one. Okay. I like I like these projections better because it pairs up two SEC teams in a super, mm-hmm. which I think the committee is going to do. Oh, that's for sure. They're not they're not going to allow these SEC teams to just possibly let take seven over teams Omaha. Go, yeah, no. yeah. So they're going to try to eliminate some of these SEC teams in a super. I thought that it might play out that State and Ole Miss would be paired if Ole Miss would have continued to win. If Ole Miss had won yesterday. Yes, they, I, I thought that. Yeah. I thought that was definitely going to happen, but now you can't do that. No. Which Stanford has to just be thinking. God, we have to go back. I will say this: the NCAA, you say they can't do that. This is the NCAA. They can do whatever they want. That's yeah. true. They don't. They don't ever tell us how they seed these things. Think about a year ago. I made the comment, and a lot of people made fun of me on Twitter. Or sorry, two years ago, I said, "Wow, we could get a state Ole Miss." Like, oh, Ole Miss is going to be seeded way too low for this to happen. State ended up being the six, and Ole Miss was the twelve. Yeah. All it would take it was somebody to go, "Hey guys, why don't we pair these?" They can do whatever they want. Yeah, um, the, I, I still don't believe that it's that it's always going to be a true one through sixteen ranking. No, I think they're still going to manufacture they, they, they finagle things, yeah. which I think they did a couple years ago with yeah. this, with a couple of teams. You're like, how are they that? And then you look at the pairing. Yeah, so it could it could still happen. Yeah. I don't know. I don't I don't know if if they would seed Ole Miss the nine, but. It, like I said, I mean, Stanford's got to be thinking, like, can we please just not stop do this? going there? Which yes. I know they liked the trip last time. Right, right. I do think that if you told me I could pick four Mississippi State, I would pick the base, the uh, the D one, just because. I mean, Georgia Tech and Oregon State; those are two Power Five programs. Yeah. Versus, you know, South Alabama is a team Mississippi State's had a lot of success against through the years. It's a good team. It's an easier, it's an easier path for sure. Yeah. D one. So, what time is the selection show? That's the one thing I don't know. Is it at noon? 11. 11 a.m. So Okay, so I don't know when this is airing, but mm-hmm. on Sunday yeah, we don't night... don't have a lot of shelf life here. Yeah, on Sunday night, they're going to announce the top... They're not going to announce the seating, but they're going to announce the host sites. Right. So, Starville, Mississippi will pop up. Right. 
on, on Monday morning at 11, they will announce That's the tournament field. I think they'll announce the top eight first, mm-hmm. and then they'll announce the seedings and the parents. As I recall, they do a good job on the baseball show of just getting to it. Yeah, and it wasn't like the the NCAA tournament for for basketball where they they spend an hour and they break down each, but they just reveal the brackets and then they talk. So we should that's all know, we need. We should know by about eleven thirty everything you know we need to know. And I think I want to say that they announced the sites on Twitter. Yeah, and so they just pop those up. You're like, oh okay, there's, there you don't have is. to sit there and wait for any production or anything. They just right. pop them right up. I don't know if the seating will be with that or not. We'll, we'll find out. All right, we're gonna move on over to football, and that's brought to you by our good friends over at Welcome Home Beef. Uh, today, as you're listening, is Memorial Day. As always, we want to you know we, we always give a shout out to our servicemen and women. Now, for those who have paid the ultimate price, we thank them. And if you are going to be uh, at home today. Make sure that you've got welcome home. It feels I feel so crass. I hate doing that. I'm not trying to pull a, a Kamala Harris here or whatever. But uh, <laughs> what she did? She, she had a she had a bad tweet. Um, you don't have bad tweets, so that's not true. I have bad tweets all the time. But that said, welcome home beef. As you know, a Starkville business. I love doing business with those guys because a they're a local business, and b I know I'm getting the best products. Those guys have been in the business of of cows for lack of a better word, uh, for a long, long time. They know, and then they're always willing to share that knowledge with you. I always tell you, hey, give them a call and see what you can place for your order, but don't be afraid to ask them, hey, how should I cook this? Because, man, they'll put you on the phone with the right people, and you'll be eating good every weekend with Welcome Home Beef. Call them today at 662-268-8148 or visit them online at welcomehomebeef.com. Welcome Home Beef. Do you want to try it? It just tastes good. There we go. That works, yeah. I want to give a shout-out to a friend of the show mm-hmm. and a loyal listener, Neil Tullis. Mm-hmm. He is youth minister at First Baptist Starkville. Yeah. Great guy, great cook. And he told me today that he picked up some short ribs, I think, and cooked some short ribs. Oh, yesterday. yeah. They look delicious. They are, they, those, those, are good, those are good cut. I, I haven't seen a bad cut of meat no, it's from Welcome Home Beef yet. Yeah. And, I, you know, the hamburgers are great. I've been over there and, and had a hamburger through a trailer. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah, it's so, all. Good. I mean, you, you're not going to find anything bad. There. No, you're right. Speaking of not bad, Two Brothers Smoked Meats over in the heart of the Cotton District. That is one of Robbie and I's favorite stops. You don't. You will never have to twist either one of ours arms to say, "Hey, do you want to go to Two Brothers?" We, we we will always join you there, and you should too. This weekend, it's going to be hopping over there in the Cotton District. Grab a spot out there on the patio, enjoy an ice cold beer and some great food, some smoked wings, some barbecue tacos, or whatever else you want to put on that fantastic menu. They've got you taken care of. Two Brothers Smoked Meats in the heart of the Cotton District, 621 University Drive, smoked southern soul food. Our good friends at Advantage Business Systems want to take care of you, and they do it two ways. They have an inventory of products, services, anything you need technologically to keep your office running. They've got it, and they back it up with customer service that you expect from a local business, from your neighbors, and that's what Advantage Business Systems are. They're a Mississippi business. They've been doing business in Mississippi for nearly 50 years, helping out people just like you. Call them today to find out what they can do for you, 601-362-9192, or visit them online at absms.com. You'll find out how Advantage Business Systems will help your business do business. I know, Robbie, you're like me. There's nothing you like more than sweating like you're just like water just dripping off of you at all times like you're under the hose i know you enjoy that good news msu will kick off the season at 3 p.m cannot wait perfect time of day during september just perfect I said it on Twitter, I'll say it again, and I'm quoting the great Rowdy Roddy Piper when I say, Grandma, bring the refrigerator into the living room and get set to sweat. It's going to be madness. 
three kickoff times were set over the weekend uh, for Mississippi State. Uh, Louisiana Tech, that is a 3 p.m. kick. We do get the uh, the night kick for the North Carolina State game, which is a great week two matchup between two Power 5 teams. That is a 6 p.m. kick. And start, although 6 p.m., not exactly night, the, yeah. the second week of September. It'll still be sunny uh, when that game kicks off. And then the worst one of the lot, 3 p.m. kick in Memphis at the Liberty Bowl. If your tickets are on row one through six, don't go. There's Just don't go to the game. The thing about the Liberty Bowl is there's no shelter. Right. Like you you are going to be if it's if it's cold, you're gonna be really cold and it's gonna be windy. Or if it's hot, you're gonna be extremely hot and there's nowhere to go. There's no shade. There's nothing. Uh, I've been in both situations. I think you have as well. Mm-hmm. Um I was at the Memphis game in twenty eleven and twenty ten. Yeah. And it was a Brutal. night it was a night game, but the but the start of the ball game. Oh, oh, was, oh it was 2011. You're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 2011. Right. Tyler Russell was quarterback. Yeah, yeah. So it was a night game, but at the start of the game, like so getting in your seats and stuff, you know, the sun is just bearing down mm-hmm. on you. And, um, you know, everybody's that humidity just, just rolling oh, in off the river. And then the 07 Liberty Bowl was the coldest Freezing. game I've ever been at. And I was at the Snow Bowl in 2000, and this was colder. The Liberty Bowl is simultaneously the hottest and the coldest stadium in America. It, it is, I could see it. It is hotter than anything in Texas or South Florida, and it is colder than going to Lambeau in the middle of winter. It is, it is incredible how the weather works in that stadium. Yes, yeah, so I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna be happy. We're gonna be in the press box for that one. I mean, are you? Is it air conditioned? I don't even know. Yeah, it's okay. it's enclosed. Okay. Wow. Last time I was there, I went, I went to the Liberty Bowl in '13. Yeah. So have they not played in Memphis? No, they haven't. Haven't played Memphis either. No. This is. I was always. I don't know if I'm as big a fan as I am as I used to be. I used to think that state should always have Memphis and Tulane on the schedule and just alternate the years so that one year your, your fans get to go to Memphis and one year your fans get to go to New Orleans. Just always play them. They should play Tulane, especially I think in most every sport. Yeah, I, baseball doesn't play them enough. Yeah, I think baseball should have a series with them every year I or a midweek. And then when state goes down there next year for football, I think. That'd be fun to the to, I, the, to their to their own campus stadium. I haven't been the to their own campus stadium yet. I. So yeah, that should. Be. New Orleans is always a good trip. You can't go wrong there. So those times are set. Obviously, we know the uh, the Egg Bowl is a going to going to be a night game. It's on Thanksgiving, uh, and then we'll have to see the rest of the way. I think I think State has some opportunities for some primetime games. Obviously, when they play Alabama and LSU, that's one thing. But I think State Auburn could end up if you just look at the schedule that week. I think that it's not it's not very strong. So State that Auburn game could end up being like your your six p.m. ESPN you know primetime game. Uh, but three p.m. Gosh Almighty! I just feel like every year State gets stuck with these eleven a.m.s one thirty mm-hmm. early in the season. Well, you're like what? Like you got to play better. But these but these people should understand like you're in. Mississippi oh, I, in September. I, I get that it's a safety issue. Yeah, I mean, like in your in the ticket sales, like yeah. nobody wants to sit in the in the blazing sun. Well, you know that you know that that's not where the money's made though. They make right. the money it's on television. The television. They don't they don't care if there's five really people in the stands. But at the same time, the people who do come, they sort of get crapped on. Yeah, and I don't I don't know how you fix that because I understand you can't have every game at seven o'clock once the sun goes down. I understand that you can't. Uh, you know, you can't just do that. You you got to have games spread out throughout the day. But there's got to be ways. You know, I mean, just basically you're just telling Missouri, look, like you'll get some night games in the middle of the year. The first few weeks, 
it's going to be you're going to get some 11 a.m. kicks. You're going to get some 3 yeah. p.m. kicks. Three, I don't know what their weather is like. In I mean, I'm sure September. it's hot, but it's not Mississippi hot. No, it's not Alabama hot. It's Florida not surface hot. of the sun hot. No, no. So I, I don't know how you how you get around that. Um, but it, it feels like there has to be a better way. There has to be. Yeah. Uh, and there's been times where like I look at the schedule, I'm like, how is there not an, another primetime game? There'd be like yeah. one primetime game, like just stick. Put Mississippi State on ESPNU. Put it on, put it on, put it on digital. Who yeah, cares? put like just just find another. Th- but they got to take advantage of that. Wear white, and about three weeks before that game, start drinking water. Yep. Don't. I don't care what they say on the ticket. Don't. I don't care if it says wear maroon. Wear white. Just Drink wear Pedialyte. white. <laughs> there's a, there's like a new Pedialyte out. It's like for adults. Uh, I can't imagine. I mean, Pedialyte itself is great. Why did they need to improve it? Yeah, I, I'm the opposite. Mm-hmm. You like it? Pedialyte? Yeah. Oh, I don't I can't want to drink it. it. I can't take it. So uh, I can't imagine what the adult version of it tastes like, uh-huh. um, but I don't really want to find out. Well, I mean, it's just one of those, I, I, if I'm drinking Pedialyte, it's because I have been out drinking right. and I'm or, hungover. Or, you know, you've been sick or something and yeah. you're trying to hydrate. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not drinking you're Pedialyte. You're not drinking it for fun. Yeah. I'm not like, hey, crack me open a Pedialyte. <laughs> I'll take the strawberry. Yeah. Okay. Hey, are you, are you cooking out? Can I get a, can I get a burger? And uh, crack me open a Pedialyte if you don't mind. Oh, nice. Imagine you just open up the cooler. Hey, we got beer in here. Oh, we got something in there. You just crack it open. It's cans of Pedialyte. Give me that blueberry Pedialyte. Mm. Put it on some rocks. The kids will <laughs> splash of vodka in your Pedialyte. <laughs> that defeats that, the purpose. Well, it, it cancels itself out. You know? That's true. You know, it's like, it's Can't like, get any worse. I'm going to tell you something that we learned on this show here. It's all about that balance. That's right. right. You got the balance of we're going to get drunk, but we're going to hydrate as well. <laughs> Seems like a great idea. Uh, a little recruiting news on the way out the door here. I don't, I don't know if it's even really recruiting news at this point. It's, it, these guys are, are, are coming in. And you, you told me it's, it's, one, not, it's one but not the other. It looks well, like the last two signees from the MSU uh, 2021 class, Criterion, uh, Hargrove, and William Hardrick, could possibly just go ahead and be a part of this class. We were told there was talk about blue shirting and gray shirting and things of that nature. Hargrove is in, correct? Yes. Um, it, but we're that, not sure on Hardrick. Yeah, I'm not sure on Hardrick, but Hargrove is enrolled and he's going to get a scholarship. And I, I think that Hardrick is as well. Um, and you know, I think that Hargrove is could possibly be one of the stills of the class mm-hmm. because he was a guy that you got late in the process, a former four star running back that had all had some big time offers mm-hmm. and he got hurt hurt his knee and some teams kind of backed off but this kid's fast and he he looks like he's got his speed back so he looks ready to go and state just the the, the final spot or two they were saving for a defensive back in the transfer portal and they just could not get it yeah. I, I don't understand. It was it was a struggle. I don't understand what happened in this class with defensive backs. I, I really do not understand because they've started this next class really well. Like the guys that they've got recruited or committed in this next class are really good players. They have SEC offers and they're locking up those spots, the defensive backboard. But for some reason, they just could not get it done. Um, you know, they didn't get Jalen Green, uh, but they just kept missing and missing and missing. And you know, I, I don't think they should have dropped Brandon Tolls that ended up going to Southern Miss. I think. Yeah. I, in hindsight, that was not a good it was decision. A mistake, yeah. And to be honest with you. I don't really understand taking Hardrick uh, no. this late in the process. And you offered him a blue shirt. 
that he also had an offer from Arkansas State for. Yeah. So he was he wasn't didn't even have a full scholarship offer from Arkansas State. And and, I, and I, I'm and not then trying you want to, to push him into the next class where you, you have, already have guys. You already have you have better options. It, 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 if this is one of those you know, and it, it's not a make or break. One guy in a class isn't going to kill you, but that is one where you look at Mike Leach and staff and you, and you question the evaluation here. Yeah. Because literally. Literally nobody else in the SEC was even looking at this guy. And you know, then they then they 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 went late and and got Jay Hampton from Amory, which mm-hmm. he seems like a great athlete, but he's never really played defensive back that much. Right. So I, I just think that they just kind of scrambled here, and I, I you know I, I think they'll be okay. But for this class, it was just there were some head scratchers, but. Um, you know, good for good for these kids to get that opportunity to play in the SEC, and also they now have the scholarship. And I, I hope the kids have tremendous success. I'm not, I don't mean to diminish their talents or anything right. like that. It just is. It just it, it didn't make a whole lot of sense when it happened. You know, right. I mean, and, if you if if this kid had a had a had the same kind of blue shirt offer at Arkansas State, and they wouldn't even you know give him a full scholarship. I it just at the time it was just kind of head scratching, but yeah. These guys have seen a lot more film and done a lot more research than I have. I agree. I mean, I, that's certainly going to be the case, but it is interesting to see how. I, I'm always intrigued when coaches go after, like they, they make a, a point to get a guy that it doesn't look like anybody else is after. I always wonder, you know, what was the thought process going on that? And, you know, we could end up in a couple of years where William Hardrick is a guy that's, you know, a starter and a, and a, and a big-time contributor. Could be Tavez Calhoun. Yeah, but at the same time, he could also be a guy who never does anything. I always feel like with those kind of guys, there's very little middle ground. They're either really going to be good, and, and Leach can go, see, I, I evaluated that guy, or he's, there's going to be nothing. And we're going to say, see, why'd you take that guy? And I think there's going to be a ton of that for everybody over the next three years. Oh, in this because class especially. Yeah. they're going to look at this class and they're going to say, what the heck was you know, Mississippi State thinking? Or how did Mississippi State miss this guy at Southern Miss? You know, like it, there's going to be so many head scratchers out there because you didn't get a chance to evaluate. A lot of guys went under the radar because they didn't get a chance to go to camps. There's just going to be so many guys out there that you're just wondering what happened. Yeah. You know? And I think that's that's the benefit of having camps and having you know coaches have the ability to go see kids play on Friday nights or go see them practice or whatever. They didn't have that for a full year. I mean, can you imagine that? Can you imagine not being able to see Mississippi State play? Dave Emery for a year just tweeted not twenty minutes ago. Said about to meet some of our recruits for the first time. That's unbelievable. That is something that I mean. Think about recruiting and and how important the relationships are. And you're going to meet somebody for the first time. They're already signed. They're coming to play. I think that you know we've talked about the transfer portal. This class is going to be heavy in the transfer. Oh, portal. it's going to be ridiculous. Because you're going to get guys who're like, I haven't been here, and I don't. You know, I I wanted to be here. I thought, but I don't. I don't know now. So, well, I mean, think about the Gabe Cavazos kid, the kid from Lake Cormorant that. Yeah. Didn't take part in the spring because he was pretty much giving up football. Looks like because, he's coming back, right? Yeah, he. I think that he's back on track, but he missed the entire spring. We had a chance to be here early mm-hmm. because he got a little homesick because he had. I mean, he's never hardly been here. I always, I, I laughed about that, and maybe I shouldn't, but the bright lights of Starkville were too much. Got him. Too much big city for Lake Comorant's Gabe. Yep, Gabe, I was the same way coming yeah. from Louisville. You're like same exact way. I went the opposite direction. Imagine, imagine if he had committed to Memphis. 
<laughs> oh yeah, I went the opposite direction. I yeah. just went buck wild. Yeah, exactly. But, yeah, but um, it seems like everything's worked out with him. And one thing I tried to mention to people when you know, a lot of people start dogging these kids out and stuff like that. I mean, nobody remembers the fact that Jonathan Banks yeah. wanted to leave camp, and he grew up in Mabin, yeah. which is 15 minutes down the road. He was about to quit, and nobody remembers that. And a lot of people don't know that. It happens a lot, and, and a lot of people don't get to see it play out. But kids get to school, and they get away from home, and some kids just, you know, they get really homesick, and they miss their parents, they miss their home, and, you know, they're getting, they're having to go through hard workouts, and life just sucks it's at different. the time. It's different. So it, it's a transition for a lot of kids. Yeah. Well, we'll see where it takes us. So we'll, I'll keep an eye on the, the Hardrick situation, but Hargrove on, on campus and on ready and you know, going to contribute in some way uh, this year. We'll see. All right, tomorrow's show, obviously, is going to be a lot of baseball. Uh, we will record after the uh, the decisions are made and then we see who's headed where. Uh, and we'll talk Mississippi State. We'll talk about the start of a regional, uh, super regional pairings and everything else, plus if anything else pops up. And then, of course, Wednesday will be our first edition of the Robbie Rumblings. Oh, I can't wait. I, I said it like I, I cannot wait for, like, Rank your top five hamburgers. It's it's coming or something. You know, I mean, like, uh, I just live for that. There you go. So we'll be doing that on Wednesday, and then, like I said, a lot of baseball this week, and uh, some football sprinkled in for sure. You guys, have a great uh, rest of your Sunday and a Monday. You got something to say on the way? I, before we go, I just want to formally say that I'm really excited about this. Oh yeah, and you know, I don't want to get too heartfelt or anything like that, but. I need to play some I, music over this. Sure. I respect what you've been able to do oh. to build this into what it is because people, a lot of people don't understand how big of a success story it is for you because you are, I mean, you're living out your dream. You you started this, you started this yeah. at Stagger Inn, I, I think, or the old yeah. grill, whatever, yeah. as a fan just talking Mississippi State sports and you're slinging pizzas. Yeah. And, and and bossing people around at Papa John's, and now you get to do this. <laughs> get the, I, nobody knows this, but the first time I ever saw Brian was at Papa John's, just just tearing into some girl about you do your job. That's right. Yeah. Well, I mean, you, you were doing your job. I was. I was. Anyway, back on track. I mean, it's just it, it's a great success story for you, and we all get to do you, I, you and I, and also Joel. We all get to do something that we would have never dreamed of doing when we were growing up. True. And, you know, a lot of people, their their end goal is to get to, you know, the Washington Post or the, you know, Dallas or something, you know. For, for us, we're kind of living our dream. We're living, we're doing what we want to do. We, we have a passion for Mississippi State sports. And it's just, it's really cool to see Joel get an opportunity to, to do what he wants to do at Mississippi State and for me to come and join you. And we're all and, – and, folks, we are legitimately friends. Don't let anyone that doesn't know us tell you differently. We are good friends. It's true. It's true. We've driven, we've driven 12 hours together to Omaha. Yeah. Um, and we enjoy each other's company and talking Mississippi State sports. So I just wanted to say that I appreciate you thinking about me and for oh, giving yeah. me an opportunity to do this with you because this is a show that I've really enjoyed from the start. I enjoyed it whenever uh, Bob was on it as well. And I'm just excited about getting a chance to come in here and, and talk sports with you on a daily basis. We're going to keep on going, brother. No question about it. All right, guys. Have a great uh, rest of your uh, Monday. Talk to you again very soon. For Robbie Falk, I'm Brian Haydad. Thanks for listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. 
Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.